As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast, and it is Tuesday. The Blue Jackets back in action tonight against the New Jersey Devils, needing a win. Uh, They are hard up against it now, having lost three out of four since the trade deadline. And that one game they won, they still gave a point to Philadelphia, an OT win for the Blue Jackets there. But a rough couple of games now over the weekend. The Blue Jackets, I think they got what they deserved uh, against Edmonton on Saturday um, with a ugly 4 nothing matinee loss. I thought they played pretty well. It wasn't in the building, so we'll talk to the experts who were. Uh, but a 5-2 loss to Winnipeg on Sunday. And now you look at those uh, standings and... And it's getting ever murkier here. 17 games to go. I almost feel like this podcast should be sponsored in part by Breathe Breathe Right Strips or Breathe Easy Strips, whatever they're called. Um, there is an angst about this club right now. I think the players did their level best in practice today uh, to try to diffuse it. Um, joined by Allison Lucan. Say hello, Allison. Hello. And Tom Reed. Hello. And uh, an interesting stretch for this club right now. Uh, let me throw it first to you, Tom. You are uh, uh, the guy who, along with Allison, was in the building for the last couple of games. You chronicled closely these these uh, results while I was uh, away for a bit. Where is this club? Where should the angstometer be right now as they as they come into the hard stretch here? Time to make a push for the playoffs. I'm sure from a fan perspective, it is probably. <laughs> It's not if, if it's a scale of one to ten, I'm, I'm probably at an eight and a half at least. Uh, I think when everyone when when they made the deals, and it's of course it started a couple days before the actual trade deadline when they added Duchesne, and they they win those first two games, everyone was probably over the moon. And then when they keep Panarin, they're thinking, okay, here we go, we got a we got a real shot here. Who cares about who cares about draft picks? This is our chance. And uh, less than a week later, it's like, oh, my God, just because th- this I think this franchise has been so conditioned to like, 
oh no, this is going to happen to us, isn't it? We're going to miss right. the playoffs. And uh, you you couple that with just what is ahead of for this team. Uh, in Allison and I talked about this on on third or on Friday, Aaron. Just this, they're in the middle of this ten game stretch that is just brutal. Three games with the uh, or two games with Boston, two games with Pittsburgh, the Islanders. Uh, it's going to be they're going to really have to earn it if they're going to get in here. And uh, again, they did themselves no favors with this weekend. Uh, the loss to Edmonton was inexcusable the way that it happened. Uh, I agree with you that they played better last night, but we're at that point in the season where there just there's no more there's no moral victories here. They, they're desperate for two points or one point or whatever it is. Uh, they got to make a push here because we've all three of us know a couple of these teams will go on runs to get in. It, it happens every year. It doesn't no one is going to get in here going if there's 17 games they're not going to get in going eight seven and one or whatever it is. No. They, they've got to they've got to make a push and so do these other teams. We see it every year and they went 14 four and two last year down the stretch and got in by correct how many points correct and got, got in by how point. many points one over Florida. So you know as Seth Jones said last night in the locker room. It has to be a do-or-die mentality. We can't wait any longer. And this is a massive week for them ahead, uh, especially with those two games in Pittsburgh. Uh, and we'll see where it goes. Now, Allison, I felt like they played – you guys were there. I felt like they played do-or-die last night. And, it, and we talked about this this morning, that old baseball adage, you're going to win 50, you're going to lose 50. It's what you do with the other 62 that matter. I always feel like in hockey it's 20-20 and what you do with the other 42. And last night was one of those games where I thought they actually played pretty well against Winnipeg. Uh, could have won that game easily, certainly against an inferior opponent to Winnipeg's really good team. Um, but that's what makes that loss to Edmonton so galling. Uh, and they really don't. They're starting to play their way out of a margin for error now, at least as I see it. But what have you seen in their recent performances that, that either causes you uh, concern or, or makes, makes you think, uh, this team can be better and can play their way out of this. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple things, and Tom and I talked about this uh, after the game on Sunday, is I think, you know, first and foremost, it's it's getting that transition game working again. I mean, it was horrible against Edmonton, and it got better than um, against Winnipeg, but the team struggled to even get the puck out of their own zone and through the neutral zone. I mean, we can't even talk about scoring goals if you can't get the puck there with possession to start. Um, That's concerned me. Um, Tom wrote his piece about Ryan Murray and obviously the impact that has. And some of the other guys have been struggling in that part of the game as well. And then, you know, when we were talking to Torts on Monday, the, the thing that he said that I, I really crystallized this part of the thought for me too, is, is the finish. And we've kind of hinted at this throughout the year that the team for the first time in a long while has been riding a pretty nice shooting percentage. And they got uh, by torts count 23 chances, scoring chances against uh, Winnipeg natural stat trick had them at 21. So both sides are pretty close, but if you get that many chances and only have two goals, you know, that that's a struggle on the offensive side as well is finding that finish. I mean, forget about the goaltender. 
the team needs to score goals. So yeah. um, those are two things that I'm watching for sure when, when they – and to your point of games they have to win, I mean, my gosh, this game against New Jersey, this is a big one. So where are you guys at with Bobrovsky? This, you know, I came into the day uh, thinking that I might write a piece about all the deflected goals that have gone through Bob. And I went back through and looked, and there have been quite a few. I think he said four or five deflections past him in the last five games. Uh, and there's been some massive breakdowns in front of him. This team's allowing four, three, four, five goals a game at the time of year when you need to be allowing one, two, and three. Where are you guys at with Bobrovsky in the way that he has played? Because he's, I mean, the goalie's always under a microscope. I think I think the goaltender, Sergei Bobrovsky in Columbus, is really under a, a microscope. Uh, because a lot of this feels like he's on his way out of town. But what do you guys think of his recent recent play? Not just the, the whole season, uh, but this last cluster of games where you need your goalie to be so good. Tom? I think he's been okay. I, I don't I don't have any – didn't have any problem with him getting pulled against – I think that the, the, he was pulled after the second period of the Edmonton game. I think that was a mercy pull. Uh, I thought he was okay in that game. I, I didn't have really a problem – Maybe the fourth goal last night, uh, uh, which would be the second or third goal scored by uh, uh, Blake Wheeler. But uh, otherwise, I, you know, the problem is not Bobrovsky. I, I don't think he was great against Pittsburgh, and we've that's well chronicled. That's that's well chronicled his issues and the team's issues with Pittsburgh. But uh, people that are saying that this is Bobrovsky right now, I, I don't see it. I mean. As you just mentioned, there have been some deflections. I mean, Wheeler's game-winning goal last night was beautiful. It's a beautiful deflection. The goalie, in those type of situations, the puck has to hit the goalie. Yeah, it just, right. it just has to hit the goalie. I don't think Bob is the issue. As Allison was mentioning earlier, uh, this team's having trouble getting the puck out of their zone. Uh, Saturday's game, I wrote an entire story on their inability. They were trapped in their zone for almost two minutes all because of a turnover right at their own blue line where they had complete control of the puck. Uh, I think the issues have been more as just with the transition game and getting out of their own end. And, and it's not just one or two guys. It's Seth Jones, uh, Allison and I were talking to him. I don't. I think it was after the Philadelphia game, wasn't it, Allison? It was. Where he just flat out unprompted said, I, I'm not playing very well right now and 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 we all love Seth Jones we love his game I consider him one of the best defensemen in the league but he has struggled I mean some of the plays that he's made haven't necessarily led directly to goals but he had a couple plays last night where it's just he's he's turning the puck over where you just don't you never see Seth Jones do that and I think part of it I don't know if he's injured I don't think he's injured I think he is just trying to do so much because, again, Ryan Murray's not there. They've kind of been uh, searching for the right pairings. And I saw your tweet uh, uh, from practice yesterday, Aaron, that said they're going to keep the pairings that they had to end the game against Winnipeg. And I think Allison and I both agreed last night or on Sunday night that those, those pairings make sense. The, they're going to have to ride their top four defensemen, and they're just going to have to eat a ton of minutes. And when I say that, it, it was, it's Zaporensky and Jones and Nudavara and Savard, and then spell those other two guys in, whether it's it's Kukan and um, uh, Harrington, or if you do bring back in, 
that's the way I think they're going to have to go here for a while until if and when they're going to get Ryan Murray back. Yeah. Well, I, it feels to me like the, the microcosm of or just a sort of an emblematic moment of, of Seth Jones's recent play was the Blue Jackets leading three to two last night, fairly late. Uh, he comes in on a puck, and I, I feel I feel like it's the right play uh, in any situation, but certainly given the situation when you're down three to two. And it's, it's he and Line a now racing to a point on the puck. And the puck ends up chipped off the, the half wall and goes around. It's an unbelievable play by Line A. Goes around Jones. And now Jones is starting to chase the play to catch up to Line A. And Line A makes an unbelievable backhand pass off the rush to Wheeler. Um, we'll get more into this um, with Wierenski's play on, on Wheeler going back. Um, but... Man, that's the play where you're like, man, that's 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 how you want Seth Jones to play that puck in that situation, and it, it didn't work out for him. Now, that is that a bad play by Seth Jones? I don't think so. Is that a bad goal by Bobrovsky? I don't think so. You, you see the read by Wierenski, which is just kind of an in-between read, um, but not a great read. I just feel like that play alone is how things are going uh, for the Blue Jackets right now. Again, the Edmonton game accepted. It feels like that's kind of where they're at. Maybe just a half second behind, a half bounce away from getting things the way that they want to go. Uh, Allison, am I making too many excuses for these guys, or is this about right? No, I mean, I, I think you're right, and it goes back to what you started with. With You know, there's just there's games that are going to determine this. There's games you're going to win. There's games you're going to lose. And then there's the determining games. And, and some of those games, and and we've heard this all season with this team, go back to the, the home and home with Toronto, the quote unquote wrong team won the home of the game both times. And when they went back to back, it's just sometimes you're going to play. And, you know, we talked to Torts about that play there on Monday and, you want Seth Jones playing that way, not only because he can, but that's that's safe as death. To your point, if you're down, play aggressively, activate from the back end because you can. Um, and, and this is where you know part of you almost has to believe in puck luck. When it's not going your way, eventually it's going to start going your way. You just right. have to keep playing properly so that when it does start going your way, you're there to capitalize on it. Yeah, I don't yeah, you- think I, I don't think there's an issue i mean that play itself i don't have a problem with that play it's the last what five minutes of the game or even less than that you're 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 pushing i don't think that's the example right now of where there are issues on the back end lie it's very similar to the play that happened in the pittsburgh game the 4-2 game where it was it was 3-2 at the time and harrington is trying to pinch up and he gets the puck chipped by him by mccann and they end up scoring i mean you're, you're pushing you accept that that happens uh, it, I don't think those are the type of plays that the issue. It's just the kind of a little bit of nervous play. And I'm not talking about yes. Seth Jones here, but just nervous play in their own end because they're they're. And I, and I talked to Wierenski about this yesterday. They're, they're, and, and Torts hates this, convert, this line of questioning, and I understand it. But this team, the last the two previous years. The pairings were very, very much set. You knew, you knew almost every night forward And to, to break it down into the most simplistic terms, defensemen are closer to, to back to their own net. They are the last line of defense, other than the goalie. 
Yep. And you need to have a good feel for your partner. And they have, and 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 they're not. And, and Brad Shaw and Tortorella are not changing just to change to say, oh, let's see what we can do here. No, they're changing because they can't. They can't find the right guys. Let's go back just for a second to the Edmonton game. They started the game with Seth Jones and Scott Harrington, and they were matching them against Connor McDavid. Scott Harrington has gotten every ounce of talent out of his body. He, he, he's, he's done very, very well for himself and is having a good year, his best year in the NHL. But that's not a fair, that's not a fair matchup. That's not a fair matchup for Scott Harrington having you go against Connor McDavid, but that's where they are right now. So they've got to get that sorted. Yeah, I guess what we're trying to say is this team really misses Ryan Murray. That's what <laughs> yeah. it feels like to me. Allison? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I've seen some talk of, well, you have to be better than losing just one player. And that's true. But sure. the the ripples and and. Tom and I talked about this at one of the games, and I know people are sick of hearing this, but this speaks to why there was so much focus from the three of us about bringing in a defenseman in the offseason, right? Because it's not just the absence of Murray, it's the ripples throughout the rest of that back end. Absolutely, absolutely. This is not a situation where one player goes down and they're they're just destroyed. I mean, we've seen this team overcome absences of Artemi Panarin in games, Cam Atkinson in games, and they've overcome that. But this is a different situation where the blue line just isn't as deep. And so the minute that one of your best this season goes down, all of your pairings are a mess. And, and not only the, to, to speak to your ripple effect, Allison, and they were saying, well, there, there's no forecheck. Well, there's no forecheck because you're not coming through the neutral zone with any speed. Right. You're not. You're, you're you're struggling. You're spending so much time in your zone just to get the puck into the neutral zone and then chip it down the ice. You don't have three or four guys going forward. Yes, you would like to go on breaks and three on twos and two on ones, but just when you're talking about not having a forecheck, well, how does the forecheck start? It starts with dumping the puck aggressively and having guys going north. Now I sound like torts, but going north, these guys are having their back to the, the goal that they're facing just to try to get the puck out of the zone. So they're, they're, that's even more to your ripple effect than just the players themselves. Yeah, it's uh, I, one thing I thought was interesting when they practiced yesterday was, you know, you, you, you get the feeling when a club's going through this stuff that everyone's guarding against um, the room sort of being uh, paralyzed or worried or quiet. Um, like, you know, we've all seen that where a team is just sort of frozen by its circumstances. And the practice that they had was a really light, uh, quick. Guys were smiling and running into each other. I, I don't maybe they were trying to convince themselves that they're not worried at all. Um but that's the and then they, they, it was kind of nice. They lifted the curtain midway through. You, as to Allison's line earlier, you could almost hear the Hallelujah chorus if you listened closely. Um, I feel like they're trying to lift the mood, and I, I it, this feels um, this feels all approach and mental to me. And I get back to the thing I started with. Like I, I, this is not Philly. This is not. New York or Vancouver, any of the markets that that eat their own, um, but it feels feels like the weight of getting that boulder. Now the expectations by the moves at the trade deadline sure. have just gotten bigger uh, than they've ever been, and now you're pushing an even bigger boulder 
up that hill. And I do you guys because again you've watched him really closely these last three games. Sometimes a guy being just barely late to a puck, a, a puck deflected, barely going in. Sometimes these the, these things are mental. Does is this team playing nervous right now on the whole? I think there's been some stretches the second period against Pittsburgh. You went, wow, that that's impressive the way they came back at times against Philly. Again, I thought they played okay. Okay, team uh, nervous. Is it playing not to lose? Or do you, is that something you guys feel, Allison? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, honestly, I do think that there's a little of that with Pittsburgh. I I, I think Pittsburgh has has yeah. a mental edge on on this Jackets team. Um, yes. And and we we've talked about that. We've seen it. I think it's a thing. But I, I also don't know that I mind these efforts that you're talking about, you know, when we talked to Torts, he was, he was talking about managing pressure and this is what you want, but you also have to learn how to do it. This is the next step in advancing. Isn't it great to have this pressure? You know, he said how many years ago, the blue jackets were a team that were having so much fun playing this time of year because they were completely out of it. There was no pressure. We we've seen that we've, we've written about that. So I don't mind these efforts because I asked Torts specifically, I said, is, is, learning how to manage this kind of pressure is that something the player has to do or is that something the coaches have to help them with and his answer was long story short both but to that end that's why i don't mind these things i don't mind because if you're if you're if you're nervous if you're stressed if you're tense as a player i don't mind your bosses if you will coming in and saying hey guys it's okay first of all calm down and second of all it's okay to have fun. It's okay to be positive. Remember, that's where your mindset needs to be because that's how you're going to find success. And Torts talked about this, and I think this is correct from the Winnipeg game. As the team started to get some good shifts going, it built on itself. This is not rocket science. So it may or may not be intentional, but I don't mind it if it is, I think. I, I You know what? I, I think, think Torts brought up a great point, and I think this is kind of going where you're talking about. What has changed about this team? Obviously, they've added some talent. But two years ago, when they had their record-setting season, and, and I know this is a big point with you've always made, Aaron, in, in recent times, that team in 2016 and 17 was so pissed off. Like, we, we're, we're, we're going to go out and get our respect. Yes. They went out and overwhelmed teams. They overwhelmed teams with their desire to show we belong. And they've gotten to that point. That's what the Islanders are doing this year, right? Yes. Everyone thought the Islanders were going to suck when John Tavares looked at them. But Barry Trotz and that group, they are, damn it, we're good enough, and we're going to show it, and they're probably going to make the playoffs here unless they completely collapse down the stretch. Um, a team like Carolina, they're having fun. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, oh, a bunch of jerks. They're having a great time with this because no one expects them to make it. There's no pressure on them. Correct. The added pressure came at the trade deadline where yes. this team that is always found. And I said, and again, I want to go back to your, before I go on this point, I, I believe in this group, the core group, the blue Jacks have never had a team like this over the last three years. This core group deserves the benefit of the doubt until they're proven wrong. They deserve the benefit of the doubt. It's the best team they've ever had. This core group of guys. And I think if, if anyone's going to get through it, it's them. Torch is right. It changes. The, the trade deadline changed the expectations of this team. 
and they have not been in a position before where most of not just make the playoffs, it's going to be a failure if you guys don't win a round or two. And I think they're dealing with a little of that combined with what we just talked about in the last five minutes. They've got an, all of a sudden they have this issue where they're having trouble getting the puck out of the zone, and that feeds that nervousness that I think what we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and like I was talking to Felino about this uh, yesterday, that old, the old uh, hockey adage, you've got plumbers and you've got artists. Well, this team plumbed its way to that 2016-17 Absolutely. Finish. And then they started adding, adding artists. And you got to be careful that you don't have a, a, a bunch of artists that do plumbing on the side. Um, <laughs> they have to plumb. And yep. the, art, the artistry has to come on top of the plumbing. And, and I think they're having a hard time fitting all those guys in, not, not structurally, not on lines so much as they are in, okay, what are we now? What do we do now? Do we, does it hurt to play us or do we outskate people or do we outscore people? Cause boy, we've got more forwards than we've ever had. Let's play Pittsburgh style. And then they're down three, nothing. And then they get back to sort of the, the Columbus style and, and they make it a game again, but it's too late to, to overcome that. I think they went into the Edmonton game thinking, Oh, this will be fun. We're artists today. And no, no, that 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 one could not be salvaged. Um, I think they sort of found the right the right mix against Winnipeg, but it just hasn't it has not been consistent for them uh, in terms of how hard they play and how hard they are to play. I don't think for two years running now, but- and, and I don't know that you can get that back by mixing. Uh, these strangers from a strange land in with with 20 percent of the season left so somehow they've got to figure out a way to get three well, lines going and going hard um, and they got to do it quick Tom? the other issue though the other issue on this though Aaron and this precedes the trade deadline is they if this oh, team totally. misses the playoffs if this totally. team misses the playoffs their problems at home and it it's gotten worse. They're three and eight in their last 11 games. They're always behind. They're always playing from behind. We had a stat the other day and to update it, they have been outscored 17 to four in the first periods of their last 11 games. That's just, you're, you're putting yourself in such a, you're playing it with such fine margins when you're, when you're falling behind teams like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll throw the Edmonton game out because they were just horse all around in that game. But even even a Sunday night, they, they fall behind. Yeah, they get the game tied up, but they're playing from behind constantly. And when they go on the road for the long stretches, and they've got a great road record, they seem to just get this mentality of let's let's get going, let's 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 win this game. We've seen them play in Vegas. Now, granted, they I think they may have come from behind in the third period in that game, but they they have better starts and they've just been a better team on the road this year for whatever reason. Yeah. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. They, I mean, since the trade deadline, in those four games, uh, they are one three and zero, and that one win in overtime, they've had the lead a total of it's outrageous, of something like five minutes and thirty seven wow. seconds. Wow! All against all against Philly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not a pretty picture. Uh, Allison tonight against New Jersey. Then the next two after that, a home and home against Pittsburgh. That should be fun. Uh, what 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 needs to change first? What's the path out of this 
for the Blue Jackets here in these next three road games starting tonight against the Devils? Well, I think the the path out is definitely, as we just broke down, scoring first and and then building on that confidence offensively. Um, With the pairs seemingly settled for right now, and and I like them as well, um, now it's time to get back that offensive side. I think what they were doing too early was being too creative to your point of who are we? Well, now I'm Artemi Panarin and I pass to everybody who's super skilled and vice versa. So you get one too. Right. So (laughs) I I think that if scoring first scoring enough to win and stay in front the majority of the time, I think that will do wonders for this group. And then I don't wonder if, as much as we talk about integrating the new pieces into this culture, then maybe they can return the favor and be just enough of a shakeup to say, eh, Pittsburgh, not a big deal. Let's just go in and play. And then maybe yeah. challenge challenge that that uh, specter, if you will, of, of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, I think I think the Penguins are in their heads. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah you, I just, Pittsburgh just lost. Pittsburgh just lost in Buffalo the other day. I mean, I mean this on. is not a great this is not a great penguin team. Uh but yeah, it's there's not I, I agree wholeheartedly with you guys. I mean, you don't lose seven in a row and say it's not somewhat mental. Yes, yeah. it, it absolutely is. Tom, what's the path back for these blue jackets? Tonight in New Jersey, where does that to start back to, to them finding their their way, their blue jacketness, whatever that might be? Maybe. Well, I, I think that you can. I just I got done saying there are no moral victories. But Allison and I watched that game on, on Sunday night. My goodness, they had so many opportunities on rebounds. They couldn't quite get the – they had chances and they couldn't finish. They got to finish. I agree with Allison. This is almost a must-win as possible because if you lose if you lose tonight in New Jersey, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Then I think they've got to win one of these two games against Pittsburgh. They've got to get – because Pittsburgh's ahead of them. That's a team that they – not only is just the Pittsburgh fact of it – these, they're fighting with Pittsburgh to make the playoffs. They've got to get one of those wins, and then if you can, if you can come out of the out of the next three games winning two or three, then you go to the aisle and uh, there's another team you've got to you got to beat. They're, the Islanders are starting to fall a little bit back now. You got to be. There's no way. I don't think there's any way if they go one three or over four, they're still mathematically in it. But let's be honest. In a league where there's so many three-point games, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard mountain to climb. Yes, there's 17 games left, but it, it, you know how hard it is to leapfrog not just one but a couple of teams. And I think we all agree here: you don't want to be in that second wild card spot. You yeah, I'm not going to have right. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to put must wins on on any of these. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but man, it, it sure feels like they got a lot of stuff to filter out. The one thing that would be great, and I, I think it starts defensively. I just think they have to play smart. I mean, Bob, Bob, we talked a little bit about him earlier. He's let in a ton of deflections that, that I don't think you can hang on him. He has seen a ton of just huge breakdowns in front of him. Guys alone on doorsteps, two on ones. Uh, they have to play better than him, and he needs to be almost perfect in the game here. Um, I, I think I think they got to get back. They have to tighten things up and get back to a team that's allowing uh, two, three goals a night, not three, four, five a night. Well, um, that's 
because they've got the firepower now to overcome that. That's puck management. That that is like knowing where you are on the ice and where you can make plays. I agree with Torts when they're when they're at their best, they are going straight ahead. They're not trying to make risky plays at blue lines. That's when let's let's that's hockey one one. But in that game against uh, uh, Edmonton, oh my God, the puck management against the one line that could kill you. And it's the same. It's going to be the same against Pittsburgh. You've got to get the puck deep. You've got to, and you're, if you're going to make a play, you better make sure you're, it's it's going to be made, or it's coming back the other direction. That's where you're, you know, you're seeing these odd man rushes and these breakdowns. And that's where the defensive coverage is like, well, the trailer's coming because you're not in position to make the right. play because you've turned the puck over. Yeah, yeah, they've got to clean it. I think they got to clean it up, red line back first, and then the stuff ahead takes takes uh, takes care of itself because they do have. They've got some guys that can score, and I think it's a matter of time before those lines and these new players start to work together. Uh, anything else we need to add, Allison? Anything to throw in here at the last minute? I think we're covered at all. Okay, I Tom, make, anything? I want, any yes, words yes, of wisdom? One, yes, one point here. Uh, uh, history, little history lesson for fans. Go back and read Craig Custance, our, our, our esteemed colleague from Detroit, his piece on Ted Lindsay. Ted Lindsay died yesterday. Uh, for people that don't know who Ted Lindsay is, not only was he a great player on those Detroit Red Wing fans, but all these guys now that are the bread and all these guys are going to be making all kind of money in this league. They have to thank people like Ted Lindsay, who basically risked his entire career to yep. get the players' union started. Uh, I think there's a book called either Net, Net Worth or Net Gains. Yes. I just I cannot. I can, if you love to read and you love history and you love hockey, I, I implore you to read that book to tell about how the players' union started and all the obstacles they had to overcome and all the corruption they had to overcome. And Ted Lindsay is at the forefront of that. A great man. I had a chance to meet him. Never really saw his career, but you know we learned from the, the the people that laid the stones for this game. And Ted Lindsay was certainly one of those people. Yeah, that's great. Ted Lindsay, 93 years old, passed away yesterday. All right. Well, thanks uh, for listening. Thanks for reading all those words on theathletic.com. And we'll talk to you later tonight from New Jersey. And when next we talk to you, it'll be in Pittsburgh. Uh, Well, maybe we'll be on our way home from Pittsburgh, Tom and I. Uh, But the Blue Jackets will have played the Penguins on Thursday and then back to play them again on Saturday in Nationwide Arena. So... Uh, Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you in a few days. Take care.